Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way. Love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. So this week I thought I'd talk about self-consciousness. Are we all self-conscious? I think so. I think to a greater or lesser extent, we as humans are relatively self-conscious, some more, some less. We'll get into that in a sec. How about this? Let's say... You just got back from McDonald's and you've been invited to join a focus group on the geopolitical impact <laughs> that McDonald's has on the world. And you join this large roundtable discussion and you're pretty enthusiastic because you've been eating your McDonald's now for years and you consider yourself quite the expert. Then you're sitting there quite confident. All of a sudden you kind of glance down and what do you see on your shirt or your blouse? A ketchup stain. Hmm. All of a sudden now, you start to feel your temperature rising. You start to defocus from what's being said around you, and you're focusing almost exclusively on that ketchup stain. You feel your hands beginning to sweat, and you're doing everything you possibly can to hide that stain. You keep your arms folded in a certain... This is self-consciousness. We are now queasy about something that exposes us in a way that we'd rather not be uh, exposed to. So with the exception of the narcissists and, <laughs> and uh, sociopathic people among us, I think the rest of us as a species tend to be self-conscious or have the capacity for being self-conscious. I think it's in our DNA. I think being self-conscious had adaptive uh, survival ad uh, advantages. I mean, let's face it, by being self-conscious, you're trying to be aware of yourself, not come across in a way that offends others. So you become more self-aware, self-conscious. And that, that had more of an advantage for keeping you liked and included in the tribe. Being in the tribe had much more survival advantage than being alone in that Miocene jungle. So we want the world to see us the way we want the world to see us. And it's the anomalous behavior that the, the stains on the uh, shirt or blouse, the, the ketchup stain, that's not how we want people to be seeing us, is it? We don't want people to see us slip on the old banana peel and see how clumsy we are. Well, how about a person with that, that comb over where he doesn't want to draw attention to his baldness when, in fact, the opposite is happening? Everyone's eyes keep drifting toward the long strands of hair that are flying in the wind. You know, this, this whole thing of self-consciousness, it seems to really peak in our adolescent years. And I think that's when we are most self-conscious. Those are the times where we're really trying to present ourselves, be accepted, uh, form groups, get involved. 
And it's a time where we become hypersensitive to our looks, whether or not we have pimples erupting or whether our designer clothes are in fact up to speed and whether or not we get accepted into the cool group or not. And it's certainly, if you think about it, self-consciousness is a form of egocentricity. We feel that all the eyes of the world are upon us. It's called the spotlight effect. We are in the spotlight. We are the center. And, and that's a difficult place to be because then in order to feel like you are in the spotlight, you have to maintain your image. And that can require some effort, especially when faced with adversity. There was a really fun study done by Nick Epley, a professor of behavioral science at the University of Chicago. They had people walk around their local malls wearing T-shirts designed especially to make them feel self-conscious and embarrassed. How did they do this? Well, the T-shirt was covered with a big blown-up picture of Barry Manilow. Now, suffice it to say, you would not want to walk around a mall with his face on your shirt. And hopefully you're not offended by it. I didn't do the study. So. so the subjects felt that everyone was staring at their shirt. However, when people at the mall were systematically polled, very few people noticed at all. But you see, wearing that Barry Manilow t-shirt made people feel like they were in the spotlight. Everyone was looking. So if self-consciousness is part of our DNA, then I guess there's nothing to be done. So why are you listening to this podcast? Well, because sometimes when self-consciousness becomes excessive and we become crippled by the fears of losing control, spilling ketchup or slipping on a banana peel, that's when insecurity enters the picture. So for today, we're not really talking about extinguishing self-consciousness. We wouldn't want to do that because it does keep us on our toes and it keeps us trying to stay consistent with who we want to be and who we want to present to the world. So we don't want to get rid of self-consciousness, but we don't want to be crippled by it either. So if self-consciousness is in fact part of our species DNA, if it has adaptive aspects, then what can be done when self-consciousness becomes crippling, excessive, obsessive? And that's where it's driven by insecurity. That's where we have such a need to control how people see us and think about us that we become literally crippled emotionally with the anxiety of trying to avoid any faux pas, any danger, any banana peel. Our lives become miserable, riddled with anxiety. You need a pragmatic view of who and what you are, a realistic view. But when insecurity becomes part of the picture, then you're under the spotlight. Then it's all about control. You have to control how people perceive you. And controlling life is a burden. Controlling life is stressful. And stress depletes you. So there's all kinds of problems that come from depletion, anxiety, depression. So what do you do? Well, you realize that insecurity is a player in this. And insecurity, that feeling of vulnerability, is a, is a habit. It's a habit of not feeling okay. 
You know, it's that old imposter syndrome. We feel we're frauds, we're fakes. And we're trying to hide that, our own vulnerabilities. We don't want people to see how frail we are and how imperfect we are. And this is very typical of adolescence. So in a sense, we might say that the more insecure you are, the more self-conscious you are as an adult, the more adolescent your view is. But the more mature you become, psychologically speaking, the less adolescent you become, that's where you could develop a more mature and true perspective about you and your importance. It's also liberating to feel that you don't have to carry the weight of the world on letting everyone think you're perfect. You can relax a little bit. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be loved by everyone. You have to learn to be more of who you are. And that's a humbling experience. It's okay to be who you are. Once you become less self-conscious, more mature, it's truly a liberating experience, a humbling experience in that it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay if you slip up, spill ketchup. I think it's important when we talk about self-consciousness to think of it in terms of a progression kind of think of it as progressing from, from an adolescent perception, hypersensitivity, to a more mature perception of accepting who we are, not hiding who we are. The insecure person has to hide because they look at what they are and they are, because of insecurity, rejecting. I'm not okay. People ever saw who I am and people wouldn't like me and blah, 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 blah. That's insecurity. But with maturity, you realize that you're not a perfect being. You're not the center of the world. You don't hold everyone's happiness in your hands by needing to give them the pleasure of you being perfect. You're just you. You're not under a spotlight. That kind of narcissistic self-consciousness, that's all about insecurity. Insecurity is an attempt to compensate for our inferiorities or self-doubt as you shed insecurity as you agree to be humbled by life and be who you are by not feeling you have to be flawless where you could stop worrying about screwing up messing up and risk being more humble more human and perhaps the most human of all <laughs> mottos comes from our good friend Popeye the Sailor Man. And old Popeye would say, I am who I am, and that's all who I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Popeye wasn't self-conscious. And anyway, I'd like you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net, where you could learn a little bit more about my self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, take a look at some of my books, including my latest book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. You're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So how about you join me every week and let's make it simple together. Leave it.
in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Oh.